Hello and welcome to another PCOS Diva podcast. This is your host, Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and the founder of PCOS Diva. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is going to hit home for so many women listening. I can probably guarantee that when most of us go to the doctor's office, we hear, you need to lose weight and you need to be on a low-carb or um, ketogenic or paleo diet, whatever the the doctor um, thinks is the best approach for managing your PCOS uh, lifestyle. And I think for a lot of us, the thoughts of going on this strict sort of food plan um, sends us in the opposite direction, and it can often lead to um, stress eating and emotional eating. And I hear from a lot of women with PCOS that they they really struggle with those issues of stress eating and emotional eating. So I have brought in an expert to talk to us about ways we can kind of avoid that, that pitfall. And I want to introduce everyone to Dr. Melissa McCreary. Welcome, Dr. McCreary. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Amy. It's great to be here. Well, I want to just uh, give everybody a little um, information about your background. You are a psychologist, and you focus on the three O's that ambush successful, high-performing women. And those O's are overwhelm, overload, and overeating. You're the author of The Emotional Eating Rescue Plan for Smart Busy Women and the creator of TooMuchOnHerPlate.com, a consulting company providing busy women the programs and resources they need to take control of stress and overeating and add more ease, success, and joy to their health and their lives. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) So I'm really (laughs) anxious to um, kind of dig in and and tell us how we can add more joy and ease to our life, especially around this topic of of stress and overeating. Well, stress and overeating, and, and like you were saying, being told that there's like a, a plan that you are supposed to follow or a set of rules that you need to dive into or invest yourself in. Um, you know, for a lot of people... <laughs> It, when you were giving the scenario of going to the doctor and being told what you have to do, and um, that's, that's that, that ends up being this feeling that you carry with you, oh, this other thing that I have to do, and and for a lot of us, it feels like y- your freedom's being taken away, you know. And so, what I really like to talk about is how can you how can you do the things that are going to allow you to live the life you want to live and have the health that you want to have. And instead of feeling deprived and miserable and like you've had a whole bunch of other stuff thrown on your to-do list, how can you actually um, approach this in a way that gives you more of that feeling of freedom and more of that feeling of ease, uh, which which is not the way that we're taught to think about it at all? Yeah, I think a lot of women with PCOS are stuck in what I call the diet deprivation and mm-hmm. kind of denial place. And how can we start making some shifts to uh, a a healthier mindset around um, food and eating, especially when, you know, for our health, we have to kind of have some constraints around um, 
what we are eating. Well, I love it that we use a lot of the same language because you talk about deprivation, and, and that's something that I talk about a lot too. Um, and the first thing that is really critical is to not buy into that deprivation mindset. Um, mm-hmm. I talk a lot about the difference between deprivation, which is this whole focus on what you can't have, what you shouldn't do, what you have to make work, what you have to go without, this kind of going hungry, um, which is... <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people think about when they think about having to lose weight or eat healthier. I'm going to have to be hungry all the time, feeling deprived. Um, Contrasting that with really adopting a transformation mindset. And yeah, because really what you're looking for, and I think what the the women that you work with all the time, Amy, are looking for is a transformation. They want they want a shift. You want a shift in your health. You want a shift in your energy. You want a shift in your life. You want to you want things to be easy that aren't so easy. You want stuff to work better. You know whether you're talking about your physiology and physical stuff or just the ease of your life. Um, what we're looking for is a transformation. When you when you go to the doctor because you have a problem or a symptom or a set of symptoms, you're you're going because you want a transformation. And so the very first thing is is starting to keep that in mind. Um, when somebody hands you a food plan and you decide, okay, I'm going to buy into this. This is this is something I do really need to do. Um, you can go two ways with your thinking. You can focus on the deprivation because it probably has a list of things you have to do or should do or need to focus on or should count or all that kind of stuff. Or you could do what what I really work with clients to do, which is focus. So what's the transformation? And really keep that in mind. What is what is your I talk about what's your why? Why why do you want to invest in this new way of eating or this new way of looking at food or um, why do you want to make a change in your weight? What's the payoff for you? Um, that's the thing that you want to be thinking about every morning when you wake up, not I can't eat sugar <laughs> or I, I, need to, I need to have more protein or I mean just the, the energy behind those things, you know, what, what do you want? What's your why? I'm betting it's things like, you know, maybe you're trying to impact your fertility or you want to have more energy or you want to feel more able to chase your kids around and more flexible. Like what, what's the transformation that you want to have? That's, that's the, almost the foundational piece that, that fuels positive change and it gets so little emphasis in mm-hmm. most traditional health, nutrition, wellness kind of programs. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I, and I really love that whole um, approach. And I was talking to a client today, um, and we were. she was kind of coming to this realization that she has to make positive choices based on who she wants to show up as in her family you know, what kind of mom does she want to be for her son? What kind of wife she wants to be for her husband? And I thought, you know, bingo, that's kind of what I'm, the approach that I take as well. It's, I guess that is the transformational mindset. And for me, it's really helped, uh, you know, we're recording this a, a week or so after Halloween where we have all of these wonderful fun-sized candy bars um, from three kids, Halloween, <laughs> trick-or-treating mm-hmm. around everywhere. They're everywhere, right? Everybody's trying to get rid of them. And boy, you know, I, I do love a Milky Way every now and then. And um, But I have to make that conscious 
decision, you know, do do I really want this Milky Way enough to then have it trigger this kind of sugar slide and, you know, five, you know, six, seven fun-sized bars later, I'm on the couch too tired to make dinner and then ordering takeout and it just creates this whole snowball effect. So bringing it back to who I want to show up as um, in my family really keeps me from um, dipping my hand into the candy bowl. Yeah, you know, I, I, I said this at the beginning that a lot of people equate being able to eat whatever they want with freedom. And so it feels like when you get a set of rules that you're having your freedom taken away. But really, if you start to look at what you want in your life, and just a simple question like, how do I want to feel when I stand up mm-hmm. after I eat dinner? How do I want to feel in the afternoon? Um, you know, and what do I want my, my lunch to do for me? What kind of feeling do I want that to help contribute to? Do I want to feel tired and sluggish? Do I want to feel um, like my pants, you know, I have to loosen my belt? Do I want, do I want to feel energized? Do I want to feel vibrant? Um, you know, how do I, how do I want what do I want this food to do for me? And when you start to think that way, there's a there's a different way of approaching free. You know, that's a different kind of freedom than I can eat whatever mm-hmm. I want because what you, it's choosing your feelings, um, it's choosing your transformation, and that can be so powerful for people. So that's that's one huge piece of, you know, how to adjust your thinking when you start to um, think about weight loss and how to eat and what to eat. Yeah, and I think for so many women with PCOS, we feel like we're out of control, that we've lost control over our bodies. And by choosing how we want to feel based on the food that we eat really brings that control um, back to us. Yeah, and when you start to pay attention to that, you start to, um, a lot of people, for a lot of us, you get more in touch with how different kinds of eating really affect your body. And so once, you know, for me I know when knowing that there are certain kind of foods that do make me sleepy or there are certain kind of foods that make me crash, you know, it, when I know that, my choice not to eat them comes from a totally different place than um, I read an article that this is bad for me and I shouldn't have it, you know. Um, it's... It's it's a it feels like an empowered choice versus something that somebody is forcing on me, so yes. so that's one piece. Um, and and I know you also mentioned emotional eating and and stress eating and and I think that's another big uh, factor that comes into play and can really snowball because when you're feeling put upon or you're feeling forced to do something or you're feeling discouraged or <laughs> all that stuff, it's it's. You know, one of the ways that so many people have learned to cope with that is by reaching for something to eat, to feel better, to comfort themselves, or or just to say, nobody's going to tell me what to do, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be in control. I can eat whatever I want. Um, so that can be another big piece of this puzzle, and it's really important to pay attention to. Um, so should we talk some about that? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Um 
it's a complicated topic, emotional eating. And by emotional eating, it's it's any time that you're using food. Well, it can have a lot of different definitions, and we can go really big with it. Um, but just in general, it's it's using food to cope with a feeling, to change a feeling, to not think about a feeling. Um, so it's things like comfort eating or stress eating or boredom eating. But it's also eating to celebrate, eating because you feel like you deserve it after a really hard day, which is a place that I see a lot of busy women get stuck, um, you know, eating in the evening because it's been a long, hard day and this is the only time you have for yourself and who doesn't yeah. want to curl up in front of the TV with a big bowl of ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so in the midst of all of this stuff um, and when, you, when you're trying to think about how to not feel deprived and go hungry, it's really important to take a look at what food does for you in your life and, and the different kinds of things that you use it for. Um, I always tell people that one of the, the, the first uh, premises that I have about eating is that we eat for a reason. We always eat for a reason. And if you're overeating, there is a reason that you're doing it. It might be partly biologically driven. It might be driven by your emotions. It might be because you're in a tough situation and this is the coping skill you've learned and you don't know anything else to do. But the one of the very first empowering things that you can do is to own the fact that whatever you're doing, even if you, if you hate that you're doing it, there's a reason that you're doing it and you want to approach that really respectfully and start to understand what that reason is because it's only when you start to look at that and understand it that you can start to put together strategies to address it in a different kind of way. Um, a lot yeah, of awareness is the yeah. first step, isn't it? Well, it's awareness and it's it's respectful awareness because I think a lot of times what happens is um, it's so easy to get frustrated with yourself because you're doing this thing you didn't want to do or um, you feel like, oh, you know, I just need to knock it off. And and so there's this tendency to just get really uh, harsh with yourself or there's also a lot of guilt and shame and self-blame that comes in when, when you're overeating or you're not eating in a way that, you know, serves your health. So... So stopping, you know, pushing all of that to the side and just saying, okay, wait a minute, I don't like this, but what, why am I doing this? I'm a smart person. You know, what's, what's, why am I diving into the Milky Ways in the afternoon? You know, what's, what's going on here? Is there something else that, um, is there something else that I'm really craving? Is there something else that I'm hungry for that isn't food that would, be worth my paying attention to? Is there something going on with my body? It's it's by starting to ask those questions, and you have to be in a compassionate place to do that, that you get the power back to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is that, that non-judgmental place mm-hmm. um, where you almost look at it from an outsider's perspective. Um, and I know a question that always seems to work for me is if I ask myself, what am I really hungry for? And and if I am looking at those Milky Ways, it usually isn't because I'm hungry, you know, physically hungry. Like you said, there's something else going on and I have to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I I call them hidden hungers. 
You know, what's mm. what is it that and sometimes if you're if you've been doing this for a really long time, you know, sometimes we can sit back and say, "Oh yeah, I'm stressed or I'm tired or but but if you've been doing this for a really long time or if you've really learned to use food um in a specific place in your life, then you may not you could be really really smart and really really capable and come up empty when you ask yourself that question. And that's that's pretty normal, and that can be really frustrating if you're somebody who's used to knowing answers and being capable and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's really why I come back to even if you don't know what it is, just just taking a deep breath and knowing I'm not crazy, I'm not nuts, I'm not lazy. <laughs> this is not about willpower. There's a reason this is going on, and I just need to keep paying attention and asking the question because that's how I'm going to learn how to do something different and the really cool thing is that when you when you can start to put those pieces together and do something different food loses so much of its power which is so wonderful because you can go from having to fight it all the time to to just it it has a different place in your life you know you're you're less it's less compelling and that's just the most amazing feeling in the world when that happens mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely that that sense of freedom that I think so many of us with PCOS are are looking for. Um, because food, especially, well, I mean, we have the the physiological issues to deal mm-hmm. with, you know, the insulin resistance and the blood sugar issues. But I do think that that aside, many of us are, are still um, dealing with some type of emotional triggers around eating. Um, so that's why I think this conversation is so important. And they all kind of, um, they can all snowball together too. So if you have, um, if you have physiological stuff that's going on and, and, and you're eating in a way that you don't like and you're judging yourself for doing that and you're mad at yourself or you're embarrassed or you feel ashamed or you feel guilt, which can also trigger more overeating, right? Because those, those are huge triggers for, for not wanting to think about things and shove things down with food. I see that a lot. And when all of that starts happening, it gets almost impossible to be able to take a step back and ask yourself in a compassionate way, okay, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. and it could, whether it's I need to find a better way to deal with my stress or I've got to find a way to reward myself that isn't food or really I'm going to feel so much better if I could be managing my blood sugar in a different kind of way. We can't get to that place to ask those smart questions if we're busy beating ourselves up or feeling bad about what we're doing or um, trying to distract ourselves or, or numb out because it's all overwhelming and so we're just in the cycle of overeating and I see that do you see that um, in, the, in the women that you work with Amy because I see that all the time yeah and, and I do think that so much of this boils down to self-love um, especially with um, my clients and you know ultimately myself it, I was loving myself with food um, for for a long time, and it wasn't until you know I became a diva, <laughs> as my my husband puts it, and I really put myself first and my needs, um, and made sure that that I was getting um, the time to nurture myself. So food kind of lost its appeal when I started making sure that my needs were met in other non-food ways. 
It's such that's such a huge piece of it, <clears throat> and that's something that is such an ongoing challenge for so many people, right? Um, whether it's the challenge of of learning how to say no or carve out time for yourself, or um, and and also to just take the time to not just but simply take the time to tune into yourself and start to get good at identifying what your spirit really needs to be fed because sometimes we can be so numb that we don't really know anymore and it takes it it's a process so one yeah. of the things i often tell people is you know don't worry if you don't have if the sky doesn't open up and you don't get this perfect answer start with how could i feel an inch better you know how could oh, i, I like how that. could i feed my spirit just just like a little half an inch what could what could because I think we sometimes we get really perfectionistic and and we can't come up with the perfect answer or nothing's going to feel as good as chocolate so why even bother and and it's it's really just building it in in little tiny ways and that's that's how it starts to become a different a different cycle and a different habit instead of just automatically wandering into the kitchen. Yeah, and and what I've found, again, with myself and women that I work with, that women with PCOS are highly creative. And I find that those who are suffering the most with their PCOS symptoms have lost touch with their creativity. And I often find that if you can think back to what you enjoyed doing as a child and try to reconnect with that, whether it's dancing or drawing or um, writing or even like riding a bike, those are the things that feed you in a way that food never will. It's so true. And, you know, we just it's so easy to fall out of touch with thinking, what would I love to do and how do I love to play and what makes me light up? But that's to go back to that whole transformation idea. That's 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 what we want, right? And I I um, remember hearing I can't remember who said it the first time I heard it, but that even if you you know all the goals that we have, everything that we try so hard to do, everything that's on our to do list, isn't there because um, how, how can I say this clearly? It's really not about all these things that need to get done. All those things are important to us because of a bigger why. It's either a value that we have or a feeling that we want to have in our life or a feeling that we want to share with other people. Um, we're doing all this stuff, doing, doing, doing all the time because we want to we want to feel a certain way or be it, like you were saying, show up a certain way or have a certain impact on the world. And um, staying in touch with that, it's like, like you know, you were saying, what are the things that light me up? Mm-hmm. You know, I want my soul to be fed. I want to have great energy. I want to be a vibrant force in the world. Um, starting to think more about what are the kinds of things that help me feel that way, I guarantee you it's not what you find in a vending machine. You know, But that's yeah. what we've learned to do when we start to feel bad, right? Let's just put something in our mouths. And I'm not saying that in a blaming way. It's so pervasive in this culture. But there are such, there's some questions that are so much more powerful that, that really are game changers. Yeah, and I think, too, when you're having a craving or you're having that, that urge to emotional eat, to try to just sit with that, that feeling and not eat and just sit there and kind of let that wash over you. And I think that 
often in those moments where you can be vulnerable to that that whatever it is underneath that's bubbling on the surface that you're keeping down with food, that's where the big aha moments lie. And you can really get in touch with what it is that you really need and what um even what your fear what you know your fears are. Yeah. It can be hard. <laughs> it can be really hard. And and so sometimes um, that stuff is really powerful. And I also think there's a place for other kinds of distractions. Um, you know, I think sometimes people get scared to look at emotional eating because they feel like, oh, my gosh, if I just sit and feel my feelings, I'm going to get in this pit, right, of, well, it's like this Pandora's box. What will I open up? And I don't know that I want to do that. And yeah. And so... Again, giving yourself permission to do it for an inch, like giving yourself permission to sit for a couple of minutes with a craving before you act on it, um, and giving yourself permission to have some other some other distraction strategies. If if you really need to avoid whatever you're feeling, not for a lifetime, this, this doesn't work as your only strategy, but but sometimes sometimes we are we just don't have the bandwidth to deal with something and so i i always talk about you know what are some other things you can have in your in your toolbox besides overeating or besides having a binge or besides numb, you know what are some other ways if what you really need is some kind of soothing warm blanket comfort where you just need to distract yourself for a while it's possible to have strategies that aren't food can you give me, give us some examples of those strategies that you may um, use with some of your clients? Yeah, I mean, and, and they, you know, different strategies work for different people. And the other interesting thing is, and one of the things we we talk about in my programs are instead strategies. So what are you going to do instead of eating? And there are different kinds of instead strategies. There are strategies that, like you said, can help you really be with a feeling and help you connect with yourself. There are strategies that help you distract yourself. There are strategies that help you transform a feeling that you don't like. You know, how can I feel differently than I feel now? How can I cheer myself up, for instance? And so part of the art of this is starting to learn what kind of strategy you need in the moment. Um, the other kind of weird thing is that the same strategy might serve a different purpose for for you know different people. So, um, but but just a distraction strategy. I know sometimes, for instance, that time when you uh, between work and dinner is if you come home from work, and especially if you're the one making dinner, it, it can be such a crazy, chaotic time. And so, yeah. I, I know a lot of women have found some real success creating just a little, a little numbing out time for themselves. So maybe it's you come home and you just get to read your fluffy novel for 20 minutes before you dive into anything, right? You just lose yourself in that, or you you spend some time on Facebook, or you uh, there's a, a game that you like to play or a crossword puzzle that you like to do, and you just take a little break from life for a little bit. So so that's that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Instead of wandering into the kitchen and picking through the leftovers because that's just your automatic habit, and it's kind of a way of procrastinating the next thing on your to-do list. So so that might be a distraction strategy. The kind of things that you're talking about, which are, okay, so how can I sit with my feelings? That may be that could be anything from giving yourself a little time with your journal or going for a quiet walk by yourself, 
or um, just having creating some kind of ritual where you check in with yourself and actually ask yourself, what, what am I feeling? Because it's amazing how many hours a day we can go through without ever thinking about that. Is that is that answering your question, Amy? Yeah, no, that, that those are all great ideas. I mean, I love that idea about um, you know. I know I'm I'm the only one that cooks in my house. I think I've I've enabled my my three guys here. I need to teach them how to cook. But um, but dinner time, yeah, it's a very crazy time. And um, what really helps me is you know after I've I've connected with my kids and, um, you know, helped with homework or whatever. I love Audible, and I always have a great novel. I know we've talked about this, Melissa, mm-hmm. but I love Diana Gabaldon, and I listen to her books over and over because <laughs> it's really a great escape, and I can put those headphones on and kind of be in a different place even while I'm cooking dinner. Um, and that kind of helps me from snacking um, while cooking dinner. So I think you're right, finding the strategies that work for you, and you have to try different things. And you have to really start by asking yourself that question, what's the reason that food is so compelling right now? And so so if you can give yourself, and that's kind of the process you probably went through. You you realize it's an overwhelming time. You'd like a little escape. That feels really, you know, it feels good. It feeds, it feeds you on a feeling kind of level to to zone out to your, you know, to go to a different world with your books. Right. Um, and and I think especially if you're, if you're in a cycle with food where you're frustrated with yourself, and, and it can also be in a cycle with your health where you're frustrated with yourself, part, we lose, when we get to that place, it's so easy to lose your sense of self-compassion. And that's, that's where you need enough compassion to just ask, okay, you know, okay, self, what is going on? <laughs> Why am I having a hard time here? How can I help myself instead of going into what I see a lot, the inner drill sergeant mode of, you know, I just need to shape up, I just need to get tough with myself, I just need to come home and make the dinner and da-da-da-da-da. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's like talking to ourselves like we would talk to anybody else in the world. Mm. That is so important, you know, that treating ourselves with that love and compassion that we would afford our own kids and spouse. Yeah. I always say, would you talk to your mother the way you talk to yourself? Yeah, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, heading into the holidays, do you have Mm -hmm. any um, tips for us you know, I, I know that there's definitely those foods that conjure up, you know, an, uh, an emotion. I, for me, you know, I'm gluten-free, but the the family dr- turkey dressing that's been passed down from generation to generation, when I eat it, I feel like my, my grandmother, who's been gone for, uh, oh gosh, 13 years, is sitting beside me. Like, how how do we deal with... Um, holiday foods that bring up so many memories and and but, but we know aren't good for us. Well, first of all, you, you, I think it's being honest that you have a challenge ahead of yourself. Um, this is a great time. You know, the time that we're recording this is really a great time to start thinking ahead. Just just kind of making some setting some mental post-it notes 
ahead of yourself of what are the what are the potential challenges coming up? You know, where are the places where I may feel most challenged? And starting to ask yourself, how do I want to deal with those? Um, I, I think people have different comfort levels with how flexible and how rigid they want to be with what they eat. But a question that I think can always be useful is is to ask yourself, what what kind of policies do I want to make for myself? Not what kind of rules do I have to follow, but what kind of policies do I want to make for myself with food during the holidays? So, you know, one policy that, that is often helpful is kind of d- dividing up what's the food that is the once-a-year special treat kind of food, like your grandmother's stuffing that you probably doesn't show up every day, and what's the food that's going to show up during the holidays that really isn't that special and that I could get at the grocery store anytime, but I'm going to be tempted by it like the baskets of Ruffles potato chips that everybody puts out to fill up the table or the you know the 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 punch that you don't really care about or the store bought cookies you know so so that can be helpful what are the things that are really important to me and and what's my policy going to be maybe that my policy is going to be I don't care what plan I'm on I am going to taste that stuffing you know <laughs> so so right. letting yourself decide what your policies are but the rule that I always really challenge my clients to follow is, you know, are you willing to only eat when you're hungry? And if you're going to eat something, I I just feel really strongly about this one, if you're going to eat something that you really, really want and that's a really special treat and that you totally love and and you're eating it because it's so special, then I really want to challenge you to make sure you savor 100% of whatever it is that you eat. Uh, don't go into that cycle of I'm going to eat it because it's special, but I feel guilty because I really shouldn't be eating this, but I really want it, so I'm going to finish it, but I'm going to eat it really quickly because I feel really bad about it and I'm, I'm feeling self-conscious and I, now here I have eaten this this whole portion and I haven't even tasted it. That's what happens you know, a I, lot of the time. Yeah, and this is something that I t- talk about in um, in my coaching and it's a, a quote that I, that I picked up from the whole Living magazine. It was the editor. Her name was Terry Trapesco. And she says, an indulgence is an opportunity to experience pure pleasure. Yep. And that I think that's exactly what you're describing. If we, let our, if we give ourselves permission to savor it. Yeah. Um, so much of overeating. I almost I wish there was this monitor we could we could use because so many of the calories that get ingested aren't even valued. Um, people get caught in cycles with overeating and feeling like if I don't eat this thing I'll be deprived or I want to have this because I want to have this because I want to have freedom, and yet I, you know I wish we could measure the percentage of calories that aren't even tasted for lots of different reasons. So so really slowing down really being mindful of the choices that you make, but also being mindful of the food that you eat. You know, research shows us over and over again that people who eat mindfully eat less, they feel more satisfied, they feel satisfied sooner. So if you want to enjoy the food, stop and enjoy it. Instead of saying, I'm going to enjoy it, and then getting into that whole cycle, that deprivation cycle of yeah. you know feeling like you shouldn't be eating it and not even... We never feeling satisfied because it didn't. You didn't get to have the experience. It didn't register, right? Yeah. Well, Dr. McCreary, do you have some resources over at Too Much on Your Plate that um, we, you can direct 
listeners too. Totally. It's too much on her plate. Um, and there's there's a bunch of different, you know, we've got all weekly blog posts and articles and tips and resources. There's a stress eating cheat sheet that you can download over there. But I think the best place to start is if this stuff, if what we're talking about is, is resonating with you, I would invite you to come over to toomuchonherplate.com. That's T-O-O, muchonherplate.com. And sign up and take the free Hidden Hungers quiz. You can you can sign up. You can take that. Um, you'll, you'll, we'll email you the quiz. You can take that and, and get that scored. And what it'll start to show you is where where your hidden hungers are are the highest. What kinds of things might be triggering overeating for you? And then taking it'll take that score and give you some some places that you can start to make changes. Um, I, I don't. I feel like information can be so overwhelming in this day and age because there's so much of it. And what I really want to do is be able to give people. It's like those one-inch action steps we we're talking about. You know, what can you start to do right away so that you can start to get into a different cycle and start to make some positive changes instead of feeling trapped on this hamster wheel where stuff isn't working for you. That sounds great, and we will post the link to that uh, underneath the podcast. Perfect. Thanks, Amy. So thank you for sharing your your wisdom and knowledge with us today. I think it was really helpful, and I definitely picked um, a few things up as I head into my holiday season. Oh, this is I, you know I love talking about this topic, and you're right. I think this is a perfect time of year to start thinking about. Um, how do I want to feel? <laughs> how do I want to eat? How do I want to feel? Yeah. Well, what kind of transformation do I want to have? Well, thank you again, and thank you everyone for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time. 